Missouri basketball's improved play finally results in a victory, plus Tyler Beatty skips another bowl game. Oh no, how can this be true? I'm just kidding, everybody. But all this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And you know what, before we get to basketball, let's actually start here on the program with a little bit of football, if you didn't notice, Tyler Beatty really got rave reviews at the Senior Bowl practice this week, and it sounds like, I, I, to me, he's going to be a fourth, maybe fifth round draft pick, which is a, which is pretty darn good for a running back these days. Just for example, over on ESPN Plus, if you happen to be an insider, Jordan Reed did his first two-round mock draft, and well, as expected, Tyler Beatty wasn't included, but I thought it was notable for Tyler's possible selection that with the 60th overall pick, Jordan Reed had the first running back going off the board, so very, very late second round. Just shows you where the running back market is right now, so if if indeed Beatty is able to go and say the third, fourth, or even fifth round, that's pretty darn good. Nothing to turn your nose up at whatsoever, and no reason to think he can't be a really productive player in the NFL one day, that's for sure. But obviously, this past Saturday, Missouri finally got a victory, paid off some improved play with an actual win. Missouri's had, had a lot of trouble closing out close games recently, and I'll, i got to be honest, I was sort of expecting the hammer to drop at some point down the stretch there. It just felt like we were going to have a tough time closing out that basketball game. In fact, some really horrible execution, I thought, on a sideline inbounds pass by Missouri down the stretch there. But ultimately, Kobe Brown made a couple clutch free throws. Texas A&M missed the front end of a one-and-one, and and that was basically all she wrote. But again, back to that sideline play, I do want to say one thing really quickly about that. One thing I really question there is why Boogie Coleman was the one inbounding the ball there. Now, nothing against Boogie Coleman. It's more, I just don't like having the short guy, relatively speaking, right? The shorter guy on the team inbounding the basketball in in basically any situation. And plus, Coleman was basically one of your two main ball handlers on the court at the time as well. So if you want to get the ball in and you're basically just trying to hold on to it, until they foul you or just run down clock, get a good possession. Coleman's kind of one of the guys you want to inbound the ball to. But back to my original point, to me, you always want to have a tallish guy. To me, I'd have had Ronnie DeGray inbound the ball in that situation. I, I trust his judgment as a player, and he's relatively tall, maybe six foot seven, six foot eight. And a lot of times, and Buzz Williams did it in this situation, I believe. 
coaches will choose to defend the inbounder with maybe their tallest guy, maybe their center on the team. And the reason for that is, well, the mismatch isn't a problem. Your feet are glued to the court on in, on any sideline inbounds play. And I, I just didn't love the the execution and the play we called either. And, and frankly, that's after I've given Conzo Martin and his staff a decent amount of credit this season for getting better at something I think that this program has struggled with under Martin, and that's executing sideline and baseline plays. That To me, we've been horrible at that under Martin, but that's something that Missouri's definitely gotten a lot better at this season. You know what? I brought up Ronnie DeGray and why I would have had him inbound the ball. Well, just overall, I think we should take a moment here just to appreciate how good that transfer has been. Now, obviously, not every, not all the freshmen, not all the transfers have worked out under the Conzo Martin era, but so far, Ronnie DeGray is looking like a huge plus because, well, not only has he been statistically the most efficient offensive player on the team so far, if you just go by his quote-unquote offensive rating, that's because he's making shots around the basket, he's making his free throws, and he's you know at least a solid option from downtown too, but mostly DeGray just plays within himself offensively. And defensively, that might be his best attribute, in fact. The guy is obviously 6'6", 6'7", long enough that he can basically guard just about anybody on the court fairly competently. And just his ability, his length to just cover so much ground, I think, is something I noticed from the very beginning with DeGray, and I've really just enjoyed watching him play basketball this season. We're lucky to have him, I think, without question. Now, as for another transfer on the team this season, Dejawan Gordon has been a fixture of the rotation recently, but he surprisingly fell out of the rotation at least somewhat yesterday. He still started the game, but only ended up playing 16 minutes in favor of Caleb Brown, who ended up with 28 minutes in the basketball game. One thing I noticed early, I, I even wrote down in my notes, boy, Dejawan sure loves to foul, doesn't he? And sure enough, Dejawan ended up with three fouls in this game despite only playing 16 minutes. And if I had to guess, just based on the end of the previous game, maybe a little bit too much freelancing defensively from Dejawan. I think that could explain maybe him being a little bit in the doghouse with Conzo Martin right now. I think at the very least, Conzo was sending a message to Dejawan because, of course, at the end of Missouri's previous game against, oh God, who, who did the Tigers play previously? I'm blanking. Against Florida. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, against the Gators, Dejawan picked up a, a foul about 80 feet from the basket inexplicably and then also, to me, was playing too far up on the up on Appleby, the Gator ball handler, in the half court at the very end of the game where ended up getting the game-winning free throws and basket, all that kind of stuff. So as much as I think Martin loves Dejawan's effort, his passion, his scrappiness, I think maybe just a little bit too much aggression. Maybe he needs to learn to channel that aggression better defensively, and I think that sort of led to him not playing as much in this ball game. But on the other hand, I don't really have an explanation to you for why Trevin Brazil only played 14 minutes. So let's talk about that young man and why it seems like Conzo is just 
hesitant to pull the trigger on giving him a full load of minutes. I really don't quite understand that, but let's maybe try to unpack it moving forward. Forward, excuse me. But first, let's talk about our our title sponsor, and that is Bet Online. And Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to the big game. But of course, that means basketball is heating up. With of course college basketball heading into March, NBA in full swing. Well, BetOnline.net remains the best spot. For all your scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football, like I said, they've got you covered with Vegas casino games, fighting the whole deal. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season at Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. How about making your second listen on this super week brought to you by Get Upside? By the way, there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Yes, Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game. So definitely make any of those fine shows your second listen for the big game. In the previous segment, I was talking about why I thought Dejuan Gordon's minutes were cut in favor of Caleb Brown's. So let's get to Trevin Brazil here in a minute because that's a tougher explanation. But I will say, just let's just talk about Caleb Brown here for just a second. And I think that he was in a tough spot, especially, of course, on the road in an, in an SEC game, but a tough spot for him because this true freshman a guy who hasn't played a whole lot this season, obviously a little more lately, but he's being tasked with running the offense. He's being tasked with basically getting the the wheel to the ship, essentially, and he doesn't want to do anything wrong. So he's kind of caught in between. But frankly, in a season especially, in general I would say this, but especially in a season where Missouri doesn't have a whole lot to play for in terms of realistic NCAA tournament goals, for instance, I'd like to see Caleb Brown play just a bit more freely. For instance, A&M was trapping just so often and so freely. Caleb, please don't be afraid to beat that trap and and take a 10-foot jump shot or a runner or something, anything. I, I don't know what his exact game is because I didn't see him enough in high school and certainly haven't seen enough of his offense at Missouri to know, but he has to have some type of go-to move when he gets past the defense because he was a primary ball handler in high school. I know that much. So, And he averaged 16 points a game or something in high school. So there has to be a way that he's comfortable in scoring, and he has to at least – show the defense that he's not afraid to put the ball up. And, you know, we've seen some promising moments from Caleb. He's certainly a strong ball handler with that big body of his. He can keep the defender away from him. I thought at times maybe some of those bounce passes, he's relying a little bit too much on the bounce pass for entries into like Boogie Coleman and his brother in the post, but also Boogie in particular at those elbow spots. I thought, eh, maybe a little bit too much on the bounce pass at times, but that that's kind of a nitpicky thing. But obviously he had a great moment where he blocks the shot and then saves it 
off the guy out of bounds. That was a nice play, good hustle play, and a good athletic play by Caleb too. So some good moments from him. And also, if he has to play 28 minutes, though, that, that's a sign that Missouri's hurting for depth. And obviously with Javon Pickett out and Conzo not really trusting Dejuan Gordon so much anymore, well, Caleb Brown called into duty, and hopefully that will pay dividends down the road. Now, as for Trevin Brazil, somebody's got to explain to me this one. How can he only play seven minutes per half when he's just a menace defensively as a weak side defender? And offensively, he's the one guy on your team who consistently plays above the rim. Not only on lob passes, of course, but just to be able to dump the ball down to the guy and have have it almost be a surefire two when he's wide open under the basket at least seemingly wide open under the basket. I mean, he's finishing that thing with authority, despite not exactly being the biggest body guy in the world. Just having that verticality, the ability to get that far above the rim, guys aren't even challenging him. Whereas, unfortunately, you have Yaya Keita in there for five minutes, fairly inexplicably, no offense to Yaya, but Trevin Brazil should be taking at the very least all five of those minutes, getting him up to 19 because offensively, again, Yaya is a below the rim player right now. Maybe that'll change eventually when he further recovers from his ACL injury, but right now he doesn't get above the rim. And you see that even when he's seemingly wide open, Sometimes guys can recover and block his shot from behind because he's just not explosive enough to consistently finish at the SEC level, at least not yet. Maybe he can figure something else out, but right now it's not quite happening. And then defensively, in five minutes, he picks up three fouls. Not great. So to me, Trevin Brazil has to take all of those minutes and You've got, by the way, a nice little three-man rotation there of big guys, quote-unquote, if you want to call them that, at least forwards. Your two forward spots between Kobe Brown, Ronnie DeGray, and Trevin Brazil. That's really all you need. That's all you need in those two spots is three guys. So just rotate them in and out. In and, out. and occasionally, by the way, I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing all three of those guys on the court at the same time because... Brazil, DeGray, they both have the ability to space the floor and at least at least get, you know, something bordering on respectable three-point shooting, if not great three-point shooting. They're both at least in the 30% to 35% range. So yeah, my point is we've got three really good forwards there, versatile players. Just play them and forget about the Yaya Keita stuff. Let's worry about playing him next year. So as you can tell, it's a mixed bag with me and Conzo Martin. I like some things he do, he does, and then I very much get frustrated by some other elements of his style. And I do think he's he need, he deserves some credit for the adjustments he's made mid-season so far here. That's led to Missouri's better play. So I want to talk about that, but also an adjustment I think Missouri can still make for better offense. But first, let's talk about one of our longest time sponsors here on the locked on podcast network and that's built bar and you know what i went i i carried my happy self to the gym this morning so i'm starting to feel a little peckish you know what at the end of this recording i'm gonna grab myself a built bar because here's the deal 
I like chocolate. I'm not going to lie. It's one of my weaknesses. And all these Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, nothing fake in these things. But you know what? It's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar. And unlike most protein bars, these things taste really, really good. But on top of that, they're high in protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carbs, but yes, 17 grams of protein in each and every built bar. Compare that to a candy bar. Well, frankly, there is no comparison. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. For all the talk of Missouri playing faster this offseason, and, well, they certainly tried to play faster earlier in the season, the reality is Missouri has slowed down a lot offensively the past few weeks and to better results. And to that point, just as an example, obviously Missouri had a heartbreaking loss to the Aggies a few weeks ago. In that first ball game, Missouri had 72 offensive possessions. Well, this time only 57. But fortunately, while obviously the Tigers were very much being methodical, taking their time, well, they did so to the tune of 56% from the field, almost 40% from the three-point line, and they're also taking far fewer three-pointers as well. And the three-pointers they're taking are mostly wide-open, in-rhythm-type shots. So again, only 13 attempts in this previous game. That's been about in line with what they've been doing lately. So nothing crazy there. About one out of every three of their attempts Actually, quite a bit less than that. Maybe one out of every four of their attempts or so was a three-pointer in that A&M victory. So, again, give Conzo Martin credit there, but I will say with that sort of slower pace did come at a cost definitely in College Station because the Tigers managed to turn the ball over 13 times, which in virtually any any basketball game, that's going to be too many. But again, when you only have 57 possessions, 13, that's way, way, way too many turnovers. And the problem is, well, number one, Buzz Williams, his teams, especially when they're at home, they get they get away with a lot of grabbing and holding and all that good stuff. But mostly it was the traps over and over again. Not only was it, you know, three-quarter, full-court type pressure, but over and over again, Missouri kept getting trapped at the top of its defense. And obviously the Tigers need to find out a a better way to break that. And also so many of our sets wait for off-ball movement to get going, off-ball screens, you know, the floppy action as it's called by coaches these days. Well, we at times I think when coach when teams are obviously trapping Missouri over and over again, the words kind of out like okay, Missouri doesn't have great primary ball handling, so if you double-team them, that messes up a lot of their action. It takes them longer to get into their offense um, along with turnovers, right? Well, at a certain point, we need to the, the guys need to anticipate the trap, number one, but as a coach, I think we need some kind of action that, that is designed to space out maybe that part of the court and just attack that trap just a little bit more. Now, One thing Missouri did, they slipped a lot of screens. In other words, 
when a one of the forwards would set a screen, quote unquote, he wouldn't actually set the screen. He would just dive to the basket. Well, that kind of action is supposed to counter double teams because then it doesn't allow the guy, the, guy, the secondary defender to actually come and double team. But still, though, a lot of times that secondary defender would abandon that slipping defender and just they would get the double team anyway. That's a lack of experience up top, a lack of a true point guard, and a lack of real primary ball handlers. So once again, if there's one spot for Missouri to hit the transfer portal next season, especially if Conzo Martin is going to be back next year, that's got to be it, a transfer portal point guard. I know Severe Wheeler is probably not out there, unlike he is for Kentucky, but somebody of that mold is exactly what the doctor ordered. And hopefully this podcast has been exactly what you as a Mizzou fan ordered. Thanks for making it your first listen, by the way, every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.